So you decided you want to buy a gun, but how do you choose which one? You don't have time to test every handgun, rifle, and shotgun out there. NorCal Gun Vault can help you out. Yeah, the folks that work there are passionate about firearms. They hunt, they shoot. You can tell it's not just a job for them, and it shows in their ability to find the perfect firearm for you. NorCal Gun Vault is fully stocked with hundreds of handguns, rifles, shotguns, not to mention tons of ammo, dozens of accessories. Yeah, whether shooting is just a hobby, you're a hunter, or you're thinking about owning your first gun, NorCal Gun Vault has exactly what you're looking for. By the way, if cash is tight right now, but you really want to get a gun, NorCal Gun Vault will work with you to create a layaway program individually tailored to what makes sense for your budget. NorCal Gun Vault opens seven days a week, locally owned and operated. Check them out at NorCalGunVault.com. NorCalGunVault.com. It really matters when you're dealing with experts. Go to NorCalGunVault.com, NorCalGunVault.com. All of a sudden, there's nobody covering the cop shop, nobody covering the zoning board. The day I run into a Huffington Post reporter at a Baltimore zoning board hearing is the day that I will be confident that we've actually reached some sort of equilibrium. You know, there, there's no glory in that kind of journalism, but that is the bedrock of what keeps, you know, got the next 10 or 15 years in this country are going to be a halcyon era for state and local political corruption. It is going to be one of the great times to be a corrupt politician. We who, have talked who about was that? that young firebrand. David Simon uh-huh. of uh, Homicide and the book Homicide you ought to read before oh, the TV show. Oh, so came good. Out. Yeah. Yeah, you learn a lot. But um, that's David Simon. And we've been talking about that for years that um and I'm a little uncomfortable with this as I am in the opinion business any moron with a microphone and or an iPhone can be give their opinions on the news on a daily basis somebody with actual journalism skills needs to go out and gather news though show up to city council meetings track down a politician or a business owner or whatever and ask them the questions and report it. And that is going away and going away and going away and practically non-existent all across this country now. On that topic, Paul Fari, media reporter for the Washington Post, joins us. Uh, what happens to local news when there is no local media to cover it? Uh, newspapers disappearing across the fruited plain. Hello, Paul. How are you, sir? Very well, thank you, fellas. You know, it, it it's it's shoe leather work, isn't it? Reporting on city council meetings and the suspicion that the mayor's doing something funky. Yeah, and it costs money. You know, uh, you got to pay the reporters, you got to pay the editors, the photographers, etc. Uh, nobody likes to work for free, and um, the experiments in free journalism haven't been all that successful. So, yes, it's a, it's an economic problem more than uh, more than almost anything. This, this is a serious problem, though. This isn't just something to talk about on a Tuesday morning or whatever, uh, because I don't see what uh, cultural or market forces are going to fix this. I, hap- I happen to agree with you entirely. The trend is going down, and uh, there is nothing on the horizon that suggests it's going to go up. The economy can improve, uh, but that's not really the issue. The issue is the journalism economy and the, the economy for news sites, for websites, for people who produce news is not great. Uh, the, the Internet has really destroyed the business model, as we all know, of, of the news business. And so, you know, it's not going to get better at any time. You know, Paul, I'll bet you've, you've considered this at length, but it occurs to me that 
Was it just a, I guess it's a question more than a point. Is it a happy accident that the rise of democracy was concurrent with the rise of the printing press, which Mm. was really the most effective way to distribute advertising? Therefore, democracy, the printing press, and active journalism grew up together. And now one of them's kind of croaked it. That would be the printing press. That, that that's not a bad historical uh, uh, reflection. Uh, you know, the printing press led to more literacy. People could read. Uh, what did they read? Well, and now they, they want to read, read about the Kardashians. Paul. Well, yeah, I was about to say before we, <laughs> before we go too far down the road of we're acting like something bad has happened to us. We get <laughs> we get what we deserve, right? I mean, if there were an if there were a demand by the public for knowing what happened at the city council meeting, well, somebody would be able to make a living doing it. I, that's entirely the case. Uh, this is the market speaking. You don't like capitalism? Uh, you know, find something else. But this is what the market wants. The market wants Facebook. It wants Apple. It wants Google. Um, those things, it wants Craigslist. Those things have changed the news business and the underlying economics of it. You can't have uh, an enterprise that perpetually loses money. It's just going to go out of business. And that's, that is what the market has, has said to the news business. Uh, how do you feel about official state media, Paul? I'm kidding. Um, uh, Paul Fari, media reporter of the Washington Post, is online. It might it, actually be better than nothing. Well, uh, you know, good Lord. There have been proposals. For instance, Mike Pence in Indiana wanted to start, as governor, wanted to start his own news source. Now, we can all question whether Doesn't that's Kim be... Jong-il have one of those? <laughs> yeah, well, I, I'm not making any judgment here, but, you know, do you want the government funding uh, news and information? You know, there's been some of that. That's called PBS. That's called NPR. Right. Um, uh, you know, conservatives have their own problems with that. But the point is, is, is you know, if the government gets into it, uh, it raises all kinds of new, new, new troubles. For, but I wonder if maybe it wouldn't be better than nothing, and then you would have the push and pull of the public on whether or not they're doing a good job or being fair. At least you'd be talking about it. Uh, Within the local context, though, we're talking about. So, I mean, your story happens to center on East Palo Alto, California. It's about 30,000 people right next to Palo Alto. Famously, you got to have a zillion dollars to live there. Um, It's a city of 30,000 people. So, wow, what would that even look like? The city of Palo Alto, what funds a dude who then reports on everything the city does, and he's got to be independent. It, it reminds me almost of the arguments about the, you know, the uh, the attorney general, or is he political, is he independent, is, you know. Uh, what would that look like? I mean, well, I mean, the, the fact is, is there are a number of weekly uh, and, and actually daily news sites around Palo Alto but they tend to cover Palo Alto. Why? Because one, there's a bigger population, but two, there's a much, much larger advertising base in Palo Alto that they are catering to. East Palo Alto has an IKEA store and has a few uh, retail outlets, very small. Um, it's a working class, low income community. Um, it's just not a great business uh, place for a, a news source. So therefore, you know, you can see how the money goes, that people are following the money and following the news where the money is. Boy, it's it's funny. This is all so so clearly tied in in my mind. You've got the, the, the quote that we played from the gent going in, whose name obviously I'm incapable of remembering. David Simon. And well, it, you can say it. I'll forget it again. And his quote that this is going to be the, uh, the golden age of corruption in uh, city government. And then you describe East Palo Alto, Paul, and it reminds me so much of Bell, California, where absolutely everybody was on the take. 
fascinating story of Bell, California. And here's the, the underlying story of Bell, California. For many years, it was a weekly paper in Bell, California. It was owned by the Tribune Company, uh, which is uh, the owner of the L.A. Times. Times got tough. Uh, the Tribune Company said, we're not going to have a weekly paper in Bell, California. So there was no watchdog journalism there. Uh, the L.A. Times swoops in and finds out that the city manager is getting paid $800,000 a year and all other kinds of corruption. But, you know, the L.A. Times, in, and they won a Pulitzer Prize for those stories, the L.A. Times, in some ways, was responsible for the lack of watchdog journalism in the first place because the Tribune Company, their owner, took away that newspaper. So, in other words, the vacuum was created by the Tribune Company. The L.A. Times comes in later and fills the vacuum and wins a Pulitzer Prize. Um, but that's kind of a, a, a tale, a moral tale about the news business these days. Wow. Meanwhile, uh, local paper, you can't even get somebody on the phone to tell them we didn't get a paper this Sunday as they're cut to the bone and only the super heavyweights like the Washington Post, the L.A. Times, uh, New York Times really endure. Well, it'll be interesting to see, Paul. I'm a real uh, free market guy, but, you know, it occurs to me that what would what it would take to generate real desire to pay for local media would be horrific corruption. You know, you know, terrifying crime. Right. That's sort sure. of what's going to push yeah, we, people we to say, "Yeah, I want to spend with... four or five dollars a month to hear about my city council meeting." Yeah, we 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 see the value in that when some major story happens, but you know, we see it also in the absence of the coverage of those major stories. Um, we don't know what we don't know because no one is going to find out about it. In other words, that mayor could very well be corrupt, but we wouldn't know about it because no one's reporting it. And that's the real failure here is, is uh, we, we just can't tell what stories aren't being covered because there's no one to, to pay any attention to them. I'm going to optimistically assume that there is a correction out there somewhere in the future that will take care of this. But in the meantime, do you think David Simon is right? They're about to enter the golden age of corruption. And uh... Who's David I Simon? <laughs> I, I, I think I think we're actually there. I think. Yeah, again, how would we know? How would, well, we, how would know? we know? That's the that's the point. Is how would we know when we're in that uh, th that era? God, if you you're know, a city council in a town of a hundred thousand people and you aren't stealing from people now, you're missing the boat. You're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Well, listen, Facebook is not going to address this. People sending around cat gifts is not going right. to tell you about what's right. happening at City Hall. Right. That's all I can tell and you. And nonstop talk about, you know, the national scene. Donald Trump and everything is not going to do anything about oh, where did all our tax this, money go in our town? This is the counter trend here. You know what? The, the, the one growing part of the media is the national media. Uh, you mentioned that there was a mention of Huffington Post. Huffington Post doesn't cover East Palo Alto. Huffington Post covers the same things the Washington Post, the New York Times, CNN cover, which is Washington and New York. There's lots of reporters in Washington and New York and some in Los Angeles, some in San Francisco, but there are fewer and fewer out there in the hinterland uh, because there's no market incentive to be out there in the hinterland. Huffington Post gets millions of hits from around the world. The local paper in Wyoming or Nebraska is not going to get millions of hits for their coverage. So the the scale is not going to be there. The economic uh, basis is not going to be there for that publication. Well, I think we can all agree that the Armstrong and Getty Show, the voice of the West, is a critically needed voice on today's scene. <laughs> Paul Fari, media reporter of the Washington Post. Paul, you are a thinking man. Really enjoy the chat. I hope we can do it again. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you having me on. Good to talk to you. There is no cultural or economic correction 
on the horizon for this. How about Kings of the Hinterland? How about that for a slogan for the now, show? I am from really small town America, like a couple thousand people, small towns. Those towns are going to be okay because uh, I know like my parents still subscribe to the paper from the town we used to live in. Mm-hmm. But those towns are going to be okay because your, your paper, it, it barely makes any money. It's never made much money. It's the, the local sporting goods place <laughs> advertises in the, in the Dairy Queen, and that's it. I mean, it just... It's but, an guy. It's But yeah. it's those in-between big cities and those tiny towns where there's just there you're just going to get stolen blind. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's funny. I've I've been watching local politics lately. Uh has to do with a homeowner a homeowners association that uh we're part of. Uh and there's a, a big issue with an infrastructure thing. So we start dropping by the meetings once in a while. And where there is governance, there is bad governance. Where there is government, you know, it's funny, uh, Tim the lawyer, Tim Sandiford tweeted about this the other day. He said, I hate it when people say governance. It's just government. Of course, Tim's panties are a little <laughs> tight, I think. And, you know, as are mine. As are mine as a grammar national socialist. We all have our triggers. But anyway, where there is government, there's bad government. Where there is government, there is corruption or people taking a little bit from the trough as long as we're here. I mean, Government does not exist without the need for scrutiny, like every minute. And we're talking about a a homeowners association. It's like, wait a minute. Those two people are obviously twisting this to their advantage, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And there's not a lot of money or or power or whatever involved. It's just the nature of humanity, which the founding fathers understood. At the very least, even if they're not individually, you know, thieves where you're going to try to take hundreds of thousands for your own person, you're going to tell me that this just isn't going to happen. It's always happened, but it's really going to happen now that the city council turns out they uh, they 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 like this guy to uh, to pave the uh, the parking lot at the school who's, you know, went to to went to to high school with this guy. Well, of course, that's going to happen. And nobody's paying any attention to that anymore because he'll make sure you can work out at his health club for free because he also owns health club or whatever. I tell you what, getting back to the brilliance of the founding fathers, that's that they understood. That's why they were so into the idea of transparency and counterbalance and that sort of thing, because you don't have to, quote unquote, be a thief to show up at the trough of government and be corrupted by it. They realized virtually everybody feels that pull. Not everybody feels for it, but uh, falls for it, rather, but everybody feels the pull to betray the people they're representing. God, do not trust government. Don't, don't, don't. Well, you can say that all you want. I did. I said it three times. This problem is different. There's, there, there will be nothing to discuss because nobody's reporting it. I'm trying to help people understand why it's so important. So subscribe to your local, uh, you know, four-page rag. And, 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 and visit their sponsors. Go to the city council meeting yourself. I'm not, but you should. <laughs> can be some good people watching at city council meetings. True enough, you get the Yahoos who stand up to make their two-minute speeches often very entertaining. Yeah, it's 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 amazing if you ever get involved, and I've only been to two in my life. If you ever get involved in something at the city council meeting level, you realize how few people ever attend and can sway policy. And Just then they a go handful into a, of people. They go into executive session uh, to discuss anything important. Yeah. Sons of bitches. Um, our text line, 415-295-KFTC. What's going to fix this problem? 215... No, no, that's... <laughs> That, that wouldn't work. He's just spouting random numbers, folks. I don't know what to do. <laughs> 415-295-KFTC. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.
This isn't good, uh, guys. Millions of Sabret's hot dogs. I love Sabret's hot dogs. Millions of Sabret's hot dogs that are sold here on the street in New York City are being recalled because they contain small pieces of bone. <laughs> While the foreman at the factory was like, hey, does anyone see Jeff? Jeff's wedding ring. <laughs> Guys, millions of hot dogs have been recalled after small pieces of bone were found in them. Uh, street vendors are doing their best to keep uh, sales going. Just check out some of the new signs that they've been using. They're trying to keep business going. God bless. So let's take a look at some of the signs. They have this first one says, "Relax, these hot dogs were made years before the bone problem started." <laughs> years ago. <laughs> this next one says, "So what? You got bones inside you too." I mean, <laughs> your problem. I like this one. This one says, you want a boneless hot dog? What are you, the queen of friggin' England? <laughs> no. The queen of friggin', friggin England. England. Uh, here's the last one here. It says, this cart is the original famous bone-filled hot dog cart. That's the one to be at. That's the one. That's pretty funny. That's pretty good. What was the guy that fell in? Jeff? Jeff's wedding ring. <laughs> oh, that's dark. That is dark. So Industrial uh, accidents are no joke, Jack. <laughs> uh, so you want hot dogs with no bones in them? What are you, the freaking Queen England? Hilarious. Um, uh, so Instagram dogs. Don't get them confused with reservoir dogs. Completely different. <laughs> the Instagram... YouTube stars, Instagram stars, all that sort of thing. I'm aware of the existence of it. I've never actually looked at any of these things. Oh, my. You've looked at YouTube. Yeah, wait a minute. You turned me on to some YouTube stars, the guitar fellas. Oh, Remember yeah. them? I guess, the recording guy, I guess, too. I guess they are YouTube stars. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Instagram models is a thing. If you're if you're a hot chick, you can start posting pictures of yourself, and if you get a big enough following, then you sell ads on your site, and it's just you in different outfits every day, showing making your, your money, your, your 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 assets, maybe lots of money. God, you wouldn't think that be you'd think there'd be way too many pretty girls to have that make a, a profit, willing to flaunt their their curves. Yeah, it, it seems crazy to me, but I, on the other hand, the the uh, what do you call it the uh, the price of entry is nothing. You think, wow, she's hot. She turns me on. I'll see what she posted today. You click on it. There you are. I mean, that's not a like pretty, you got to go somewhere and do something. Pretty sad way to go through your day, I think. But. Well, 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 I don't know. Go through your day. It's not like you spend eleven hours. If you do, that's sad. But and and by the way, if it sounds like I'm defending it because I do it, I don't do it. I'm just saying. You know, you click the, over there. The you take a or the look, watching. You got a little eye candy. I didn't. Well. I do have quite a few Instagram followers for my uh, my heavier man uh, boudoir shots. Um, Heavy mature man. That's right. Uh, but like I say, the price of entry is just so nothing. You get a million people easily. Click on her. Oh, she's hot. And then they do, oh, what do you know? There's an ad right there for something or other. Well, apparently there's a lot of money if you got a cute dog and uh, a bit of a um, uh, a flair for photography. My wife could do this. I got to get us started on this. Oh, you really do. Goat, goat Instagram stars. Yeah. Oh, you pair up your pug with one of the goats. Oh, golden. Wow, that's golden. Oh, pug and goat. That's what you got to call the site. Pug and goat. Pug and goat. 
Uh, Instagram dogs are the new breed of influencers. Dogs that are big on Instagram make big money pushing products. Here's a picture, for instance, of a little cute little dog uh, on the couch where it made a mess with a Scotch Bright kerchief around its neck. Put oh, Scotch Bright no. on your on your furniture to keep your dog. And so, if you just have a cute dog and you start getting pictures, then they're apparently they come to you and say, "Hey, will you have your cute dog with this?" Uh, chew toy right. or whatever yeah. and, and and there's like seriously big money to be made six figure money to be made well you know you can put it a couple of different ways the point i'm about to make you can put it eloquently like abe lincoln who said god must love the common people he made so many of us the other way to put it is there are a lot of stupid stupid pe- people who will waste their entire day looking at pictures of cute dogs or hot chicks and they have some disposable income so mm-hmm. They've finally found a way to make a lot of money out of that. I, I can't imagine. My daughter is crazy into dogs, loves dogs, thinks I ought to get a dog. Always showing me pictures of dogs. Um, so I And she's not a simpleton, come to think of it. But That's nice of you found, to say. They, they found, uh, <laughs> they've found You're a way. You're not a simpleton. <laughs> you know, what's interesting to me is that uh, you don't have to be very interested in some chick who has large bazooms to click on the picture to see what she posted. I mean, it can be like, yeah, why not click? There you go. That's the amount of interest you need. And they've found a way to make a lot of money exploiting that very tiny amount of interest because it scales it's on such a massive scale. Doesn't I mean, scale, I like, it scales. I, I'm not anti-cute dogs. I like cute dogs. I'd look at a picture of a cute dog if somebody put it in front of me, but I'm not very into it. But I don't need to be. That's why it's such an interesting model. If only I could come up with any idea that anybody was just a little bit interested in, pop it on YouTube. But that doesn't take an idea. It takes effort, really. I gotta or, get... or you got to be like that young couple. You remember those uh, uh, plucky youngsters? We talked about them just before vacation, where they were trying to become YouTube stars, and, and he had her shoot him. But he had an encyclopedia in front of his chest because he'd seen that, that it can stop it. And so she shot him and it went right through the book and killed him. But that's what they were trying to do. They were trying to become YouTube stars. I got to get my wife going on that. You can. And I think it's probably short lived. I'll bet these aren't long careers for most people on any of this. I don't know. But, you know, you could make a chunk of money fast. That That's the modern the modern world of this sort of thing. Like fidget spinners are dead. They're just, no kid has a fidget spinner anymore. Saw one at a museum the other day. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. No kidding. The old Chris Rock joke from like 15 years ago is more true now than it ever was. Here today, gone today. Fidget spinners were the biggest phenomenon in the history of toys. The guy made like a half a billion dollars Let in a week. Let me know when you're going to be done talking about them, please. Right. Fidget spinners. Uh. And they're just, they're nothing. We right. got them in a drawer at home. My, my, my kids who are the prime fidget spinner age, none of their friends talk about them or play with them at all. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. You're, you're kind of into photography, or you were back in the day, weren't you? You even took classes or something? Yeah, I'm still no good at it. My yeah, wife's really good at it. I was going to say. Wow, she's okay. really good at it. And, uh, well, she, somebody's she, got to arrange the goat, though. She can get pugs and goats going. Pug and goat. Yeah, but I do it like Barnum and Bailey. I got a sharp stick, and I mean, you you listen to me. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That was disturbing. You got to get the pug being, like, mischievous and then position the goat to kind of make him seem like the shaking his head disapprovingly right. at the right. goat exactly. or at oh the pug. Dude, oh. pugs and goats. Th- th- you this would is the get thing. five million hits every day. I'm not joking. Uh, I know. If you don't do this, I'm going to. <laughs> and I will, I will buy goats, I will secure a pug, and I will do this just out of spite. We do have a goat that looks a lot 
lot like Donald Trump, too. Oh, Lord. Because of the color of its hair, and if you comb it forward. Just just give me a little notice before you quit the show. Because <laughs> you're Cause soon on, to be a multimillionaire. Because I'm going around the world to do appearances with the goat <laughs> right. and the pug. You're going to be like Elon Musk rich with I this gig. I can't work. I'm in Dubai tonight. Right. With the pug and the goat. Because yeah, there are thousands of people that are coming out to see us get things signed. A sheikh paid us $10 million <laughs> to come to Dubai with the pug and the goat. Right. It's just the modern world of this stuff is just so crazy. It is it is the gold rush. And in it's it's more democratized. You don't have to travel to the Yukon or or uh, you know sail around the horn at risk of life and limb. You just got to come up with a semi-clever idea and, and own an iPhone. God, I got to come up with something. I uh killed a rat the other day. You think I can do anything with a dead rat? <laughs> think about it. joesdeadrat.com. <laughs> What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, President Trump whipping up support for straight repeal of Obamacare, and it turns out a third of the entire population of the U.S. is now threatened by diabetes. Stories coming up minutes from now, Armstrong and Getty. Wow, there's your headline today. Stay tuned for all that coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. I was just looking up at Good Morning America. Kevin Bacon still looks exactly like Kevin Bacon. It's kind of reassuring in a way, isn't it? It is. It's something you can count on. (laughs) He was popular before the whole bacon craze. That's another good point. Some say he started it. (laughs) Maybe. Yeah. Uh, Let's get the news now with Marshall Phillips. Well, with repeal and replace dead in the water, President Trump's leading the charge to just dump Obamacare. Official President Trump tweet reader Vincent Nicholas with this morning's messages. We were let down by all of the Democrats and a few Republicans. Most Republicans were loyal, terrific, and worked really hard. We will return! The interesting thing with Trump, and I'll let you get to the tweets, is he has no opinion, it doesn't seem, on whether it goes the Rand Paul direction or the Susan Collins direction. <laughs> he, he doesn't seem to have an opinion or a real interest in pushing it either way. No. He just wants them to do something, and then he'll sign it. And they're, you're loyal if you do something, and not loyal if you don't do something. He is, because of his wealth and an interesting position of having no real-life experience of ever going to the doctor right. and dealing with insurance and paying a bill and any of that. Zero. Or caring how much anything yeah. costs. Yeah. yeah. Next tweet. With only a... With only a uh, excuse me. With only a very small majority, the Republicans in the House and Senate need more victories next year since Dems totally obstruct. No votes! No votes! Tweet number three. The Senate must go to a 51-vote majority instead of current 60 votes. Even parts of full repeal need 60. Eight Dems control Senate. Crazy! Yeah, I wonder if that's, a, I wonder if that's inevitable. Yeah, meanwhile, it, it may be the only response to these times where, you, you know, the other side votes uh, wants to vote in favor of, I don't know, feeding babies. And you vote against it because you can't be seen as working with them, so you're just not... I'm voting against feeding babies. I mean, we're, we're to that point. So how can the Senate work according to its gentlemanly and gentlewomanly traditions of, of, of decency and honest debate and collegiality? Forget it. It's, 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 it's so yesterday. Comedy. 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 You might as well have my space as comedy. They're just, <laughs> forget it. It's over. Meanwhile, you got GOP Senate Leader Mitch McConnell looking at the bright side of a straight repeal vote. Passing this legislation will provide the opportunity for senators of all parties to engage with a fresh start and a new beginning 
there for the American go. people. Fresh start, God, I, new beginning. I would love to hear <laughs> Mitch McConnell's honest thoughts about all this, the whole thing. I would love to hear it as, as a uh, as a veteran of the Senate for very many years. I'd like he know. I'd like to know what he thinks of the state of the Senate. I'd like to to know what he thinks oh. of the president. Oh boy! I, I would love to know the the populace, the voters. I would love to know what he actually thinks about all that. Let's pass a law where you can hit the leader of the Senate with sodium pentothal once a year. Make it tell the truth. So I'm cracking up. Jack's unleashing a very important and, and well-considered and eloquent, if I may, uh, <laughs> speech about the, the Senate. And uh, Rich, the dead flower, says, I want to get this right. Think I can make money posing dead lizards? <laughs> dead lizards? Like this one I did last week? Honest to God, he sends me a picture of this dead lizard he's got posed. You could be an Instagram star! (laughs) Instagram taxidermist. That's right. Oh, have you checked out the dead lizard post for today? It's great. But how... Are you going to find that many dead lizards, Rich? Or, or are you gonna, yeah, exactly. Yeah, or... you'll find them. All right. <laughs> <laughs> On an entirely different matter, the CDC says more than 100 million Americans are living with diabetes or pre-diabetes. In its new report, just out today, it shows that while 30 million Americans have diabetes, another 80 million Americans have pre-diabetes, and most don't know it. And the CDC says it is a serious issue since prediabetes, if left untreated, often leads to full-blown disease in five years. So that's mostly because we're all so fat? 100 million Americans right now. It's amazing. Yeah. I got to make sure I got my uh, my, my, uh, blood test up to date because... That's how you know. Your blood sugar starts to look a little weird, and they say, wow, you really need to do something. That's that's a wake-up call for a lot of people, but a lot of people ignore that wake-up call. They hit the snooze button on their health. A hundred million. Back to you, Jack. (laughs) I'm Joe Getty. (laughs) So one out of three Americans have diabetes? Or pre-diabetes. Or pre-diabetes, yeah. yeah. HBO season premiere of Game of Thrones. What? You don't believe that? Sounds far-fetched. You need to go to a public place. Oh, I've been there. Go to a public place and look around. All right? Then get back to me. Ah! HBO season premiere of Game of Thrones shattered ratings records. The season seven debut snagged more than 10 million viewers. Telling of how TV is consumed today, the opener pulled in another 6 million viewers on same-day DVR playback. And streaming via HBO, via HBO Go and HBO Now. Yeah, the ratings for TV shows, for uh, uh, albums, music that comes right. out, of it, they're all so wrong and out of date <laughs> right. for trying to keep track of that sort of stuff. They still use the old numbers. I'm, I'm amazed that they haven't caught up to that. Because... Um, Anybody who's younger, the idea of right. I'm going to sit down and watch it at nine o'clock because that's when it's on. It's right. just it's just silly. Well, they're trying to figure out how to catch up to it, and I mean because ratings exist mostly for advertisers. Sure, of course, mm-hmm. and, and the more accurate, the the better for everybody. Well, and if the, you know you're getting great quote unquote ratings, but nobody's seeing the commercials, then the market for the ratings doesn't sure. care. We have that same situation yeah. with podcasts. Sure. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips here. I'm Strong and Getty Show, the voice of the West. Well, we'll get that totally straightened out uh, any day now. <laughs> Very close. Uh, 
what haven't I mentioned yet? I got so many notes. Wells Fargo's trying to hide another massive scandal. What's uh, something fun? I want something fun. Well, we got, oh, I got a barrel full of fun over here. Are you kidding? You got a whole barrel of fun. Yep. Why do most porn movies feature a man working a low-wage job? They did a study on trying to figure that out. I don't know. Evidently, Jack is working the pervert desk today. Let's find out together next. Coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. sounds of Portland's own Radio Macbeth. God, I love this song. This is, uh, who's this? This is a, a band called Radio Macbeth that happens to have my son in it. Oh, really? Yeah. God, I love this album. And what's he doing in it? In this one, he's probably playing bass and some guitar and maybe doing some of the synthesizer stuff. His awesome. buddy Darian is singing lead on this one. Awesome. Yeah, it's, anyway, so, yeah, and I, I'll play some more songs from it. Oh, my God, it's so good. It's it's like weird, twisted pop music combined with a little more arty, weird art music, and they kind of, this flavor, than that. Oh, I love it. I seriously love it. I just finished my album, and I was going to lay some of it on the audience at some point. Then they came up with theirs, and I said, the hell with it. I just, I love it so much. Awesome. I'm telling you, you're going to have that song going through your head. It's very catchy. It's available where electronic music is sold. It sounds like it should be a hit song. It should be. Whatever there hit, was any justice. Whatever a hit song is. But there's no is. justice, is there? Whatever a hit song is in the modern world. Yeah. Um, why are uh, porn... Why is the uh, the star of a porn movie generally working a low-wage job? Well, it's my My first question would be, is there anybody watching porn movies? <laughs> that have plots? Maybe the enormous genitalia somehow draws enough blood from the brain that these poor fellows are not able to achieve much professionally, uh, I except would, being perhaps a pizza delivery man. I would like to point out, first of all, uh, one problem I have with this study. They ask a sociologist, a porn actor, a director, and a pizza boy why this is. Um, a lot of these jobs they refer to are not low-wage jobs. They are um, might be considered blue-collar or working class, although I think that is a, a bigoted distinction or indeed or, or something. A, a plumber is I expect not better out of my pornography. <laughs> a plumber is not a low-wage job. No, you're gonna good. you come out of school and you learn to be a plumber. You're gonna make more money than all the people that went to law school. It's almost guaranteed statistically. Mm, crazy. But a pizza delivery guy, we can agree, is a yeah, low-wage job. It's absolutely so a low-wage job. So why do they tend to be uh, portrayed in porn? Well, according to the sociologist, it's got some sort of fancy scenario that everyday uh, interactions can take unexpected sexual tur- <clears throat> turns and that uh, you need not be, you know, a, a movie star or a titan of industry or anything like that. Well, uh, And it really drives home that point. Uh, uh, 
Which is kind of what happens in porn. Well, as I... Driving home that point. As I look back on my life of conversing with people, the guys who got unexpected uh, physical interaction, generally speaking, were carpet cleaners, UPS guys, uh, pizza delivery guys. It's anybody who goes to the home of a woman they don't know for legitimate reasons. God, the stories I've heard from uh, carpet cleaners. You wouldn't believe it. I, 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 I don't believe it. I don't believe they're lying. At the same time, I don't believe it. I just can't. Who are these women? And what is, what, is, what is going on in your life? The lack of a loving. Volume, volume, volume. You hit three houses a day, 200 days a year, you're going to find some horny housewives, divorcees, whatever. That's really interesting. The, the words of the great Warren Zevon, laying tackless carpet and housewives by the score. And you don't have any uh, any social structure that allows you to uh, fulfill that in any other way than somebody knocks on your door to clean your carpet. Well, it's similar to if somebody showed up with a delicious ham. I mean, I would just I know how to get a ham, but somebody showed up with one, so I'm going to have some ham. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.